0: We are continuing our series on practicing the presence of God. And this morning, I want to look at the topic of thinking, thinking good things. We're going to see that when we think good things, you know, peace come and the presence of God comes. So that's what I'm looking at this morning. It is from the verse from Philippians uh, chapter 4 and verse 8. And you could read, and actually we're going to read this verse in a context, okay? So I'm going to read the all um, from the verse 4 to the verse 9. And I put it on my slide, so don't worry if you don't have your Bible. There we go. So that is the thing. And I call it the yummy sandwich, and I will explain <laughs> why, okay? So let's read that together, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is need. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Wow, what a passage, right? There's so much in this passage. And um, it's really interesting. We have seen part of this verse a little bit earlier on in this series. We looked at prayer and thanksgiving. So this week, I'm going to focus more on our thoughts aspect. But what I love about this passage, I heard Bill Johnson in a recent preach talking about this passage being like a yummy sandwich okay? He didn't call it yummy, but I'm calling it yummy. It said, uh, this is like a sandwich, right? And there is two crusts and a filling, okay? The two crusts is what we are responsible for, and the filling is what God gives us when we're doing the two crusts. When we're eating the two crusts, we get the feeling, right? And basically, those are the two crusts. In yellow, the first crust is if I know how to rejoice and pray with thanksgiving, yes, I won't be anxious because I'm looking after my heart. I'm looking after my heart. I'm starting to rejoice and not be anxious and basically come with prayer and thanksgiving. So that that is my first cross, my first responsibility. And my second responsibility, when I look here in the orange bit, is actually to look after my thoughts. So when I start to think noble things, truer things, excellent things, I am looking after my mind and my thoughts yeah? And when you do these two bits of crusts of the sandwich, of looking after your heart and your mind, your thoughts, you get the feeling, which is actually repeated twice, the peace of God. The peace of God is what God does. So we do a little bit, and God gives us peace, you know? The peace that is with us always, the peace that actually transcends all understanding and guards our hearts and our minds. Can you see that? Yeah? That's why it's a really important verse. We learn to do our things and God gives us the peace. Imagine that. Doing life with constantly the peace of God. Doing life, whatever is thrown at us, with the constant peace of God. That's living in His presence, right? Yes? So it's so uh, such an amazing passage. So, why are our thoughts so vital? Why Philippians is telling us whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is excellent, breath worth worthy, think about this thing. What? Why? Why is it so important? Well, I don't know if you heard. Whoop! Went too fast. Does it want to go? Yes. go. I don't know if you heard of this really old. Um, say or proverb, it's, it's not, I don't think it's directly in the Bible, but you will see it's completely connected to the Bible. It says, Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your action. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. You've heard that, yeah? Yeah. Well, do you know what? This is completely, completely biblical. Because first of all in Matthew twelve thirty four it says uh, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So we know that our words reflect our thoughts, yes. In James one fifteen it says desire leads to sinful action. So there's obviously a connection of what we're feeling, thinking, desiring and then our actions. There is a connection there between thoughts and action. Actually, do you remember this very famous passage where um, the mighty David, instead of being at the battlefield, take a bit of a nap on, uh, in his palace and look and see Bathsheba take a bath and the thoughts and the desire leads him, leads him to actually commit adultery and kill and murder. Can you that's, yeah? So basically, he was not filling his, his mind with the thoughts of God, which is actually, I need to focus on the mission and what I'm supposed to do. But I'm, I, I was wondering and I was, oh, and I look at the wrong thing. Oh, 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 wow, beautiful woman there. And then he went and he went, he went, he went, he went. Yes, I mean, uh, frankly, thank thank God he repented. He really realized his mistake and he really repented. Okay? Then we know as well in the Bible, there's so many verses said to us that, you know, if you do things repeatedly, you establish stronghold in your life. So, for example, if you give um, a bit of a door open to bitterness and unforgiveness, There's so many warnings in the Bible that your heart is going to start to be crippled. It will affect your identity. It will paralyze you. And eventually, it could prevent you to enter in what God has prepared for you because you are hauled back by these roots of bitterness and of unforgiveness. And it could be all sorts of things that is the same pattern. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, For as a man thinks within himself, so is, wow, isn't it powerful? So your identity is attached to the way you think as well. And you, if you repeat these thoughts and, and these action, then, it will be taking a strong role in your life and it will become your identity and it will eventually affect your destiny. Can you see this cycle? Now, I've just given you the cycle in a negative way. You realize that? is like, watch, watch out, watch out. But I believe that, you see, we are rescued in life to reign victorious. We mustn't just always think about the negative circle. We need to think about the positive cycle because God wants our freedom and he wants us to do well in life. You, you agree? Yes? So it's not only a watch out, watch out, be careful. Those are the warnings. It's as well, oh, hold on. Hold on, there's something positive and powerful there that if I have promises from God, if I read the word of God and it gives me a verse, if I get a revelation from God, if I start to have right beliefs, yes, I'm going to start to think the right thing. Therefore, my words and my actions are going to change So if you want to be transformed, that's the way to start. You know, you repent. Repenting is, I'm changing my mind. Okay? It's not just, oh, I'm so sorry about myself. I got caught. No, it's actually, I'm changing my mind. I'm not going to do it again. Yes? So you start by revelation and say, no, that's not right. Okay, God, what is right? Right? what is true, what is noble, what is pure, what is excellent. And I start with that. And my, my behavior and my words and my actions will line up. And eventually the whole cycle, cycle here could be really affected my old stronghold. The lies will fall down and I will build new beliefs. Okay, will affect my identity and will help me to enter in my prophetic destiny. Can you see it? Yeah? Does it make sense to you? Okay, I can think about two times in my life. Particularly, it happened more than that. But two things in my life that happened like that. One was quite uh, quick. It was more immediate than the other. Okay. One was quick because um, in my teens, right, uh, I was really crippled with uh, a, I was really crippled with a spirit of rejection. I really felt rejected. Okay, everywhere I go. And God had to deliver me from that. When he did it, suddenly I had a revelation, a new thought. Wow. Hold on. He loves me. I knew it with my head, but I didn't know it it with my heart. You see what I'm saying? And I had to have that click, that that suddenly of God that comes. And, And this revelation, hold on, he loves you. Personally, that was quite sudden and quite immediate, and it completely transformed my Christian life. He went from you know up and down, up and down, is he really yeah, you know, and to actually strength to strength to strength because I knew he loved me, and I could do things for love. <laughs> yes, I could do things for love more than I could do things for duty. Yes, it's very important. So that's that's one example where uh, God really broke in my life. Another example of God broke in my life. And that was layers and layers and layers and layers and years and years and years and years of revelation in different ways. And this one is actually, once I got saved, you know, I was absolutely convinced that the only thing I had to do was to be good. So behave well and serve him good. Because he wanted me to serve him, to, to serve, you know, he wanted a good servant, right? And if I was not doing really well, I would be fearful to be punished. Because I was thinking, I, I'm a servant, right? I know God loves me, but I'm still kind of serving with this mentality. This was really a strong in my life, you know, layers of layers of wrong beliefs. You know, the beliefs of, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm more a servant than a daughter or God is harsh and critical that was in there as well. God is a little bit like my father is not that interesting in the detail of you completely, you know, or you know he cares about you, but you know just in general, so you would do a good job, yeah, or you know what I'm, you know what i 'm saying, not in a personal way, not in a in a detailed way. The other lies I was believing is um for example, uh, he would, uh, so he would care about spiritual things, but not material things or things that I need just for my personal flourishment, okay? So a, there was a bunch of lies like that. So this, I had to renew my mind and go through that circle quite a lot, okay? I had to go, you know, you know first, hold on, father is a good father. What does that mean to be a good father? Oh, oh God, he's father and, and I'm his daughter. So I had to go through that circle and renew my words, you know. And No, you're not here to punish me, God. You're here to, because you, you love me and you're a good father and you want good for me. And so I am not going to question your goodness, yes. And things progressively, as I was unpacking the lies through the years, you know, the old stronghold disappear and new strong beliefs got got established. So for example, nowadays, even if I go through a desert phase, and it's really hard, and objectively hard, you know, I'm unwell, or there is adversity, I am not going to question, is, is God good? Mm-hmm. You know? But before, I would make that question, God is good, would, was really depending on how I was experiencing, you know, my life. So uh, or if I had a good time, yes, God is good all the time, and then if he was really tough, say, yeah, forget me, you forgot me again, you see what I'm saying, that was from the wrong belief, so once I attack that, and, and I establish a new thought, now God is good all the time, even when it's hard if it's not good, it's not the end, I'm going to just believe you are good. I am not going to make my experience or my circumstances be the benchmark for your goodness. That's a decision. Full stop. So, can you see how that circle works? Yeah? So, let's look at Philippians 4, 8 a little bit more in detail. Okay? And I put the, the, the message version of that verse because I think it's it's just brilliant. It say, so he's saying this, it's translation. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Wow, it's just a really good version, isn't it? So there is something that we can do we can fill our mind with good things and surround ourselves with good things and be proactive in going after good things. But even as we're doing that, Holy Spirit has to be our helper. Okay, Holy Spirit helps us. Holy Spirit will give you new thoughts. Okay, It's very hard to think bad thoughts when you're in the presence of God. It's very hard. You know, uh, Bill Johnson often said that he lives with the awareness of uh, the Holy Spirit like a dove on his shoulder, you know? So, yeah, it's very hard. I mean, you know, uh, if you're really in the presence of, uh, presence of, of God, you're not going to start to curse or look at your neighbor and say, I just want to punch you in the face. That's not going to happen. You're not going to have those kind of thoughts. Yes, so think about that. Are you doing life? Oh, the presence of God, the awareness you hear this should affect your thoughts. This should affect your actions and what you do. Yeah? Now, you see, even though i am just said that, it's not just about the rule book. It's not just about the do and don't list here. It's actually going to the roots of things. It's going to, okay, before the bad action or the bad behavior or the things I do wrong sometimes, what was the thought before? What was the roots that propelled me thinking like that, doing that thing? So it's, it, when we look at that verse, it's going to the root. It's saying, okay, I'm going to go right to the basic, to the root, that if I fill myself with good thoughts, the rest will follow. Yeah? Because frankly, we all know that. We could behave really well and feel really rotten inside. Do you know that? You know that. So, but that's not going to renew you. That's not going to guide you anywhere. That's just pretending. So we're going right to the roots of things. What are my thoughts? What are my thoughts about myself? What are my thoughts about myself? What are my thoughts about my family? What Are they true? Are they noble? Are they pure? Are they excellent? Are they praiseworthy? Can you see? Jimmy often says, if you want a different outcome, you need to do something different, okay? And I would say here, if you want to change, you need to start to believe something different and think something different. That's the root of all things. So let's be a little practical and think about, when we say thinking good things, what does that mean? Thinking good things. Okay, so thinking good things. I think good things, first of all, All the good things reflect the character of God. All the good things. That means, you know, God is love, is pure, is excellent, is full of compassion, full of mercy. All of these characters, you know, who is God? The good thing will reflect our God. The good thing will reflect our gods. And then the good thing will give you life. Okay? Okay. If, you, if you're thinking something, watching something, and that makes you feel depressed, that's not a good thing, <laughs> okay? But the good thing will give you life. It will fill you with hope. It will saturate you with grace. It will bring you peace. Because remember, the cross and the feeling. If you're doing the good thing, then you will have the peace, Okay? So the good thing are all the things that are going to bring the best out of you. The things that're going to make you thrive in life, yeah? They will heal you, they will restore you. You know, they will give you freedom. That's that's that's, that's the power of those thoughts. Can you see? Yeah? And how do we get those thoughts. Obviously, the Holy Spirit will help you and will initiate thoughts, okay, to you. But we have this cross to do, this responsibility, yeah? We have that that thing, that that, that responsibility to watch over our thoughts. So how can we uh, help in this cooperation with the Holy Spirit? Well, by doing those bunch of things. I can see the colors is not really super good on the projector, but I'm going to read them. So for example, watching good things will help you. Okay, Listening to good things will help you. Meditating on this good thing, repeating in your head those good things will help you. Speaking out good things will help you. Sharing with others good things will help you because that's the power of testimony. Doing the good things will put your faith in action so you will start to really see things change. So it's doing all these things and those things, when I say good thing, it's not, like I said, it's not just the rules. Don't do this, do that. You know, oh, okay, I'm opening Netflix. What am I allowed to watch on Netflix, God? Is it that I just cannot do the 18 or the 15? Okay, I should maybe stick to 12 a.m. and um, you know what I'm saying? This is not a rule like that. I would suggest that a good measure of what is okay for you when you're watching, listening, doing things is what does it do to your heart? What does it do to, to your heart? So for example, when I watch films and when Jamie watch films, it doesn't affect us in the same way. So there's a bunch of film I can watch and it will do me nothing. I will enjoy them. And Jamie will uh, it you, you would just prevent him to sleep okay and you, it's true isn't it Jamie you, you would start to you would just 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 really a- attack him you know um, because we're all different we have different paths we have different experience uh, and the enemy you know can hook us on different things and there's the opposite as well there are films that Jamie can watch and I'm like <laughs> no okay so you've got to when you realize that so you you know Starting watching something and you think, it's, oh, that's affecting you. You know, it, it, God is not going to slap you on the ears. You, you just need to go, oh, oh, this is affecting me. Jesus, I, I think I need to stop watching that. Switch it off. So it's not a do, do and don't. It's be wise. Watch what it does in your heart. Okay? It's the same with music. I mean, uh, there's a bunch of music. When I was a teenager, I loved this French singer. And you wouldn't know him. It's called Balaguan. And oh my gosh, this is so good. The songs are great. There's nothing particularly wrong. It's not even heavy metal or it's not even about the devil or whatever, you know. But, you know, there's something in me when I listen now to these bunch of songs. I know it affects me. Yeah? Because it brings me back to a period where all these songs were feeding something in me that I was not of God. So I'm not saying occasionally I put it on and I just sing along one song, but frankly, I can't do a whole album. I'm just back there. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm starting to sweat. I'm thinking, no, no, this is not good. Switch it off. You know, so we we have to find out for ourselves. What is it? You know, you watch after your thoughts and your heart. Does it make sense? Yeah, it's just very practical, right? Now, this is the thing we can do, but I get it. Sometimes we are proper in an environment that bombards things out, at us. There's nothing you can do with that. You're just there on the receiving end. What do you do then? It happens to me very recently. I went to a school presentation um, with parents, and this amazing lady this this huge um, presentation on how gang violence is affecting our London, basically, and our area. And I'm telling you, it was the most—I can't—I could cry, but I won't. It, it was the most humbling experience. That I was sitting there, I was like, I was furious. I, inside, I was furious. I say, I cannot believe, you know, to hear the social injustice, how some families are more affected than others, how those people are preying on our young people. I was furious inside. But what I realized as well is. The parents here were all very informed, and it was good to be informed, right? But what happened is when in the room, I felt the level of fear go skyright. I mean, you know, some mum were losing, losing it, okay, frankly. And I was like, I sat there, and I think, oh, God, I wish I could, I just could bring hope. I wish I could just bring hope because I felt it, I felt this level of fear, and as I was coming back to Jimmy, I was telling him about it, honestly, I had to debrief for myself, I had the next, I remember the next morning, I had to specifically pray uh, to not be crippled by fear, I said, God, with my children, I need to trust you, and I started to, to do the work, you know, what are my thoughts? Yes, I trust you. God, you are good. I can trust you with my children. And I started to do all that whole thing. Say, I will not let fear cripple my heart. And as I was doing it, I got more and more faith to the point that at the end I was more like, yeah, revival amongst the people in AC18, God. You know? You know what I'm saying? So, but, but at the beginning it was like, oh God, oh God, oh God, what am I going to do with my children? You know what I'm saying? And you've got to... Then you know it's not the truth. It's, you, it's not the truth. You cannot stay there. So this is an example where the environment is, is assaulting you. And you've got to say, remind you, hold on. I need to trust God for my children. I need to trust God for this community. I need to trust God for C18. You see? Right. This is my last point. And actually, it's funny. We already touched it uh, this morning. But, you know, we know that there is power in speaking it okay, and so I've kind of summarized this part in a very simple way, I think it, I speak it, he does it, okay, this is how I think it works in the kingdom, if he gives me a thought and I know it's true, pure, noble, whatever, okay, it's like Jimmy was just saying, it's his initiation, yeah, so I'm taking it, so I'm starting to thinking, I'm going to speak it and I know he's going to do it, it's a It's a partnership, it's a collaboration, it's something we do together. That's how it works in the kingdom. And, you know, Stephen Buckland often say, nothing happens in the kingdom before it's spoken. You could just look at creation. God spoke the word and then light came and the animals came, etc. Yes? So everything in creation has been done by a spoken word, first. And I think for us is the same. We think it first, we start to speak it and things happen. Not because of us, because the power of our God. That's, that's the, the bottom line. You know, in Ezekiel 37, it happened there. Like he was basically taken in a valley where there was dry bones and dead bones everywhere. And God said to him, Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones that they may live. So, Ezekiel had to do his bit, he had to, oh, okay, God, so I think it's you, yes, it's you, God, so I'm going to do it. So, he had to physically speak it, and God did it. God is the one that makes those dry bones live, you see, we're not the one who's doing the miraculous, but we're the one who are believing for it and going after it, yes? If you think a little bit about it, everything is like that in life. Actually, even in the natural, it's a little bit like that. Um, you know, it's, for example, if I've got this thought, um, I really would like to have lunch with Joe. Okay? You could, you could spend 10 years thinking, I really would like to have lunch with Joe. <laughs> I really, really, would really, really, really would like to have lunch with Joe. It, at what point do I need to speak to Joe? I say, Joe, you fancy lunch? And she would have to speak back and say, no, uh, yes. <laughs> you get me right? There is, even in natural, if you are thinking just and never speaking it, it will never happen. Okay? So it's the thinking, speaking, action, make in progress that makes the schmilblick go, yeah? You don't understand that, I know. Schmilblick is, uh, I'm not going to get there. The thing, the thing. (laughs) Go, okay? So we basically think, speak, and really, in taking that risk, we are partnering with God. We are partnering with God and he does it. So the supernatural bit is that he is with us. He works in us by his power, okay? So let's say For my my example just earlier on that, you know, you suddenly feel really crippled by fear. That's your situation. Then the thought might come gently, hold on, I am not a slave to fear. (laughs) So I'm singing it. I am not. you You know that song. You sing it. Sing it to yourself. Thinking to yourself. Until you get the peace of God. And every time fear comes, you do it. Okay? I guarantee it will come back, and you do it again until you have less and less fear. Okay, until with that situation you you through. You know God is good; He will come through. There might be another situation coming, and you're like, "Oh no, oh God, oh God!" Then you start again. I am no longer a slave to fear. <laughs> you know, and you go again. Yes? Until the thing is demolished. You go after it. And, okay, say another situation. So for example, you, you're exhausted and you, you have no money to go on holiday. That's a very... Fiora pro- <laughs> sure, knows that one super well. Okay, so s- sincerely, guy, let's be practical. So that's your situation. You're exhausted, you really would like a holiday, you can't go on holiday. So what do you do? Suddenly there's this thought that comes and say, hold on, hold on. Father, you say you're good and you you care for me. And I'm sure you care about me and the fact that I'm exhausted. Would you, would you please do something? The thought that comes, okay. Now, you've got a choice. You could just vaguely do the prayer, not believing, or you could start to take some action. So for example, Jamie and I, we've done that a couple of times, haven't we, Jamie? We'd say, okay, I'm clearing my calendar now. (laughs) Okay, Okay. this week is for my holiday. I don't know when the money is going to come, but this is my holiday. Jesus, please come through. You no, know, say I'm, I'm. Honestly, it's serious. It happened several times. We, we've done that several times, haven't we, Jamie? And and it, you know and you believe in God's grace, you know. But even if it doesn't come this time, you know it's possible. You know it's possible it's coming. Okay, you will have your your thing. So that, those are very simple, practical things. Now, you see someone who is really in pain, and needs healing. And new thoughts come, the thoughts come and say, Ah, God He's the healer, I know that. That's a thought. Well, I mean nothing's gonna happen if it's just a thought, right? So you're gonna have to take a step and take a risk and go to see that person and say, Do you know what? I know God is the healer. Let me pray for you. Okay? And you start to speak to the, the person and say, yeah, I declare life to your bones. I declare healing in the name of Jesus. I pray for God to touch you now. You know you can't do it. But you're taking that risk to speak the truth out. And God will do it then. Listen, there's an amazing, amazing verse in 1 Thessalonian. i try to pronounce that rightly. Uh, chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Okay, you've got, yes, you've got the version here. He said to this hand, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every result for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is powerful. It will fulfill every resolved. So things you have decided in your heart for good. So you see, we, we, we can we can initiate things. We can start to think good thing and resolve things in our heart for good. So it will fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. That means Every time you step out, you took a risk, and by faith you did something, what does he do? He will come with his power. It's just a promise. So he says it, I believe it, I think it, I'm doing it. That's it. End of the story. Yeah? Now. He wants to do that because we are his children and he delights in us. So we've got to be aware that his power is at work constantly, constantly in us. You might tell me, hold on, sometimes I don't feel I can do my bits. I don't think I can even step out. I'm struggling there. Well, I've got two thoughts for you. One of it is, if you're not able to do your bits, it's, it's possible to cry out for help. So, for example, when David had his tragic fall that I just encountered uh, earlier on, what did he do? He repented and he cried and said, "Create in me a clean heart. I can't do that. That's what he did. So, for all the things you're not able, for the bits you're not able to do yourself, you, you say, Holy Spirit... Create in me a clean heart. Holy Spirit, make me bolder. Yeah? That's what. So you shout out whatever is your need. I can't do my bit. Please help me. Help me to do my bit. Then there's this absolutely most important prayer, I think, in the New Testament that comes in Mark 9, verse 23. The context is. Jesus is talking to the father of a a child who is actually possessed and completely out of control. Um, And he said to this father, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And the answer of this father, is shouts, he say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. What a weird prayer. So what he's saying there is, I'm not fully believing, but there's enough there. Lord, I believe. It's a bit like the, the mustard seed, right? It's the little bit. It's that little bit. Yes, Lord, I believe. And for everything else I don't believe, please help my own belief. Because at the end, even believing, it comes from him. So this is the best prayer you can actually pray. Say, Lord, I believe. Please help my own belief. When you realize that you're not there yet. Yeah? So, what it is, is we do the best we can. We position ourselves the best we can. We start to think good thoughts, but we are counting on the power of the Holy Spirit, which is at work in us. Okay? And thinking good things ultimately will bring us the peace of God. Amen. The feeling. Do your crust, you will get your feeling. Do The eating of the crust and you will get your yummy sandwich, which is the peace of God, the presence of God will be with you wherever you are and he will transform you wherever you are at, whatever you're facing.